pak met ons verochend het, en ek bid net vir ons harte, dat het oop sal wees, praat jyre, die dienstknechte luister, uh, en ons, ons sien vir Sean, ons dankie vir sy woorde, en ons bid vir wijsheid vir my Jesus naam. Amen. Dankie Frits. One, two. Is my stem. Can everyone hear me? So ek dink ek is uh, Engels, so ek gaan maar, dink ek gaan baie vinnig uit, <laughs> ek gaan baie vinnig uit Afrikaans hardloop, vir al die tyd vir die jaar. Frits, ek kan sien, if you could, um, okay. Uh, so, een of ander tyd gaan ek nou oorslaan in Engels doen, dan, dit moet jylle nie verras nie. But yeah, it's just a privilege to, um, yeah, just to share with you this morning. And I think, you know, the Bible sometimes talks about some difficult things and uh, mentions some topics that we, you know, guides our lives and, you know, God has breathed words and men wrote them down. And these are... And in some way, we find our way through these words. We find the will of God. Um, and sometimes it's not exactly what we want to hear. And, uh, and yeah, sometimes it's what we need to hear. And I think this morning, we really want to come from a place where, you know, I don't think any of us have really could say we've passed 100% <laughs> uh, what the Bible has said. But we could, together, we, we're talking as these are the things that we are aiming for. These are the things that we are striving for. These must be beacons and guidelines for our life. Um, otherwise, we will not live lives that please God. We will not be able to obey God. Um, and, yeah, we will not live the design that, that God has for us. They haven't designed these for phones yet. <laughs> I read an interesting scripture this uh, this week, and uh, I'm going to go through it with you. And uh, we're going to we're going to pull some some gems out of there. Uh, soon you'll realize that's a pun. Uh, we're going to go to Job chapter 28. Uh, it's a, yeah, I'm going to read through most of the chapter, and uh, so it's a lot of scripture. But bear with me, uh, and we'll go through it. Uh, Job 28 verse 1, Surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the farthest limit the ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in a valley away from where anyone lives. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. And uh, I mean, I think all of us can realize this is talking about a couple of prospectors who seem to have found something precious. And they have, if you, if you think of the gold rush and all those sorts of things, people gave up their lives to find this precious thing. Um, I know nowadays with, with mines and dynamite and explosives, I think the, the degree to which we can find these things is, is much larger. I mean, the lengths to which people have gone to find gold dust is incredible. People risk their lives to find these things. Um, and, I mean, what, what would the reason possibly be? <laughs> it's because they've found something that could incredibly change their lives on this earth. It could make a material difference uh, to the house that they purchase. If you walked into your backyard and you found a, you know, gold <laughs> in your backyard, uh, I don't think you'd be living in that house much longer. Well, not in South, unfortunately, in South Africa, uh, all the gold belongs to the government, so uh, don't go looking for gold in your backyard. But if you were in America and you found gold, you, you could sell it. So I don't want to lead you astray in that department. Okay, you will break the law. If you <laughs> um, but the point is, this, the, the writer, what Job is saying is, I mean, look at to the extent to which people have gone to find, they've, uh, you know, 
far away from where anyone lives. These people have traveled. Um, forgotten by their, you know, they've left their families. Some of them don't have families anymore because they've gone to go find gold and precious stones. Uh, let's go to the next verse. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned, it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird or prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen. The proud beasts have not trodden it, the lion has not passed. So not even, you know, these are undiscovered lands, uncharted waters that people like you and me have risked their lives to go find uh, something of value. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. And I think the, the reason why people have gone to such lengths is because they can, they can quantify the value of the thing which they are looking for. So you can take an ounce of gold, and you can know it will sell for, you know, whatever it is now, $1,800, $2,000. Um, you know, if you find silver or, or, or copper, you know it sells at a particular price. You can take a scale, you can put some on one side. Well, we don't use those scales anymore. You just put it on the scale and you know how much it weighs. <laughs> and you will know that that thing has a particular value. So there's a number to it. And you can go deposit it, someone will buy it from you, they'll give you money, and you can, and then from this little thing that you had, you can use that money to buy the things you want. And I think the... Let me see verse 13. We can just jump to verse 13. Verse 13 might help. Man, okay, let's go back to 11. It doesn't help me. But where he dams up the streams so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth and is not found in the land of the living. And I think this is the, this is the challenge. Um, we have gold, money, commodities, products that we can quantify the value. But then on the other hand, we have Wisdom, understanding, the fear of God, right living with God, obeying God. How do you put a measure of value to something that you cannot touch or taste or see? Something where we cannot agree on a, a monetary price of the value of obeying God. So I can't tell you if you obey God today. If you obey him, if you do what he says, you will receive a hundred rand. I cannot tell you that today. I cannot, for us, it's, we, we can't do the sum. There's no mathematics on this earth that is with numbers going to determine to you so that you know what the value is. The converse, com, how, do you, how do you measure the, the worth of a conversation that you have with someone? where you tell them, listen, you can no longer live in this particular sin. You are you're disobeying God. You are not storing up treasures for yourself in heaven. How do you, how do you measure the value of you initiating that conversation? It is, it's impossible. We can't do it. And I think for us as humans, it is just so, this is our tendency, this is our weakness, is we will... Give our time. We will, we'll, we'll, hand an, we'll, we'll contract our time in exchange for something that we can quantify. So in the same way that these travelers found something precious, you know, it was almost speculative, but nowadays we want to we wanna eliminate all the risk. So we go, we go sign a contract and we'll, we'll give eight hours a day, which is still quite a lot if you think about it. You give eight hours of your day at a particular rate. So your hour has a value. And you're willing to exchange your time uh, for that value. And so I think it's just natural for us to measure what is worth our time 
if we can quantify it. And we will do very well if we can get to the point where we are able to see the value of eternity, to see the value of invisible things, to see the value of intangible things in the face of the value of tangible things. And this is where, that's faith. That is blind faith. In the midst of saying, I am going, if I tithe this month, there goes all my grocery money. How, like, how does that make any earthly sense? It does not. But God has called you to obey Him. And how do you, how do you value those things? And I can guarantee you now, if you do a little recon, I mean, if I do a little recon of my life, if I'm slightly honest with myself, I can very easily see where the, the value stands. I can see what I value through my actions. I can't, I can't determine what I value by my future actions, but if I look back, I can see, and God, when I, if I, when I, when I hear God, when I sit before Him, when I allow Him to search me, He is able to point out to me where I valued uh, earthly things over eternity, over the invisible things. And, uh, I mean, I'm in this, we're, we're all in the same boat. Okay? We are in this together. And as a, a body of believers, we are encouraging each other towards storing up treasures in heaven, to living for eternity. To, to, and, and, you know, in your circumstances, in your context, what you see in front of you is the loudest thing. It is the thing that speaks to you to the most. And do you know how helpful it is to have a brother or a sister next to you who can sort of, you know, he's, he's, and sometimes it's easy to give advice because you are not in the space where you are faced with all the other voices. You can, you can look at this thing and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have any consequence on your life. You know, so I could tell Olvain, Olvain, you, you need to work 10 hours a day. I can tell you that because <laughs> it has no impact. I don't have to sacrifice anything to tell Olvain to work 10 hours a day. He's the one who's going to have to put up 10 hours of his life. Uh, so in that sense, that's now not necessarily a positive case. But I can tell Olvain, we're going to seek God together. You know, we're going to fast and pray for three days together. You know, we're going to, let's, you know, there, there I've involved myself. <laughs> It's a slightly more positive thing. There's sacrifice on my side. But I can tell Alvin, you need to read the Bible more. You need to worship God, you know. You need to pray more. You need to sing loud, you know. I can, I can put that all on Alvin, put all these burdens and heavy ladens on him because it has no, I bear no, I carry no, <laughs> none of that, uh, the weight of what I'm saying in that sense uh, in terms of the action. Obviously, I won't say that to you because I don't think it's going to be helpful. <laughs> but I would encourage you. Um, but yeah, so, and this is the tension that we are living in, is what do we value? And, uh, and, and I think Job is wrestling with uh, this question. And he's come to, in verse 13, oh, you can put that up for me again. Uh, he's made our problem clear. We do not know the worth of wisdom. And understanding. And just to, to preface this, you know, uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So I want to I wanna emphasize, although we are we're talking about wisdom here. We do know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I want to, I want to move over to the fear of the Lord using this, this concept. So verse uh, 14, please. Uh, we can go all the way to verse 20, 21. 
Have you got it for me, Celeste? Okay, again, so it is hidden from the eyes. This is now wisdom and understanding of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and death say, we have heard a rumor of it with our ears. Verse 23, God understands the way to it and he knows its place. The only way we are going to find the value, the true value of eternity and the things that we should really value is by seeking and finding God. You're not going to find it in a marketplace. You're not going to find it 1 plus 1 equals 2. You're going to find it in a person. You're not going to find it in a, in a book of 10 steps how to manage your money properly. Um, you're going to find... You know, Jesus even risks in saying that to the Pharisees, you, in the Scriptures, you, you, you search for me, but you, you do not see me standing before you. So even the Pharisees try to find life in the Scriptures, and they missed Jesus. And uh, this, is, this is the answer for us. This is the solution to our problem. This is the, the answer to our lack of understanding of what is truly valuable. We can finish reading verse 24. For he looks, this is God, he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it, wisdom, and declared it. He, just, he established it and searched it out. And he said to man, behold, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Um, can I have three volunteers? Burns, you're number one. Just careful the fan. That, can I have two more? Anyone young and willing? Has to be two of you guys. You're just gonna. You're not gonna say or do. There we go. I've got. I've got. We can have four. You know, <laughs> I can make it work. So I've got two Burnses and Nelani. Ne. All right, Burns. Burns, you're gonna be the fear of the Lord. <laughs> Start for my ears. Okay. What will yellow be? Yellow. Yellow is negative. So fears that are bad. Fears that we don't. So, so we have the fear of the Lord, which directs our path and our steps. Fear of failure. How about fear of man? Okay. Fear of man. In other words, what does fear of man mean? Be, yeah, fear to be rejected. Fear of other people's opinions. What they're going to think of us when we do X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's Nalani. So, stand here for my door. Burn stand here for me. And you are? Let's do, let's do fear of lack. Fear of not having enough. Okay? So, this is me. This is, this is Sean. I want to aim at something particular. So, I have a target. So, I want to live a life that pleases God. So I want to obey Him. I want to do what He says. I want to love God with all my life. The best way I know how to do this is to fear Him. So I, this is what I'm aiming at. This is, where, this is the direction that I want to go in. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be this side. I don't want my... So here's the thing about fear is that it, it causes us... It has a way of help determining our actions. If you are scared of something, if you're scared of a lion, <laughs> you should run. He'll probably catch you. So don't, don't get close to the lion. If, if you have a fear of water, you will not jump into water. You will not swim. If you have, and, and, and somehow growing up and life 
has this way, and uh, possibly through pain or through suffering that you've experienced in the past, you have learned, you've got a memory, and you have remembered when I do this or when I do that, when I'm in this situation, I experience this pain. And your brain somehow tells you, don't find yourself in that situation again. So possibly fear of lack, you somehow got yourself into a dire financial situation. You struggled to pay your bills. You didn't have food to put on the table. This is a place that you don't want to be in. Maybe you grew up with very little and you didn't have enough um, and you couldn't have the nicest shoes and, and you got rejected by your friends. So this fear of lack has built up in your, in your memory, in your, in your mind. And so you try, to, you try to do everything to avoid being with the fear of lack. Okay, same with the fear of man, or fear of rejection. Once you put on a tutu and did a dance and people didn't like, laughed at you and there was a video and it went viral on Facebook and all your friends remember it and you never want to be in that place again. So you do not venture out. You do not risk. You do not try to do something funny or creative again because you experience the fear of or you experience rejection. And so for me, I have... I need to develop in my mind where I want to go. And then also what I'm developing in my mind is where I do not want to be. So if I'm healthy and in a good space, I will, because God says I must not fear man, I must fear him. So I want to listen to and obey God. If I listen to and obey man's opinions, this is where I will end up. If I look at my life over five years, if I do nothing, I will end up here. <laughs> but if I actively pursue and obey God, this is where I'll end up. Okay, so in our minds, we have created a, a picture of, number one, where we want to be, and number two, if, if I fail at, if I do nothing, or if I continue doing what I'm doing, this is where I'll, I'll end up on this side. Okay, this could be a number of things, okay? We're just using these two examples. Now, here's the trouble. I'm, I fear God. I love Him. He tells me to obey Him. I need to give my car. So, fear of man, you can stay. Fear of lack. <laughs> You're here now. You can stand there by Burns. You can omdraai now my cake. So Burns squared. Trappen van vergelijken. And yet, I think yes, yes, the reality. In order to obey God now, I will, I will have less. So I will not have a car if I obey God. So essentially, in the space. I'm going to have the fear of God and I'm going to be confronted with lack. But this is where I want to be because this is where obeying God is. And sometimes it's so, what comes with that plays on fears, disappointments, experiences that we've had in the past. Um, now God asks me to invite a friend to church on Sunday. Along comes fear of rejection. And so fear of God, and now these two are against each other. You very well may be rejected, but the fear of, I want the fear of God, and I want to obey God so much more that I'm willing to exist with the possibility of being rejected so that I can obey God. And here's the, this is the tension is that in order to get to where we want to be, we have to risk. There has to be an element of risk, and I'm going to call this faith. <laughs> faith to obey God. We have to step out in faith, and the potential is that sometimes our fears are going to be merged 
with what we need to do to obey God. And um, I think that picture's clear. Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes, I'd still can. So that's the difficulty. That's the, I think that's the problem that we face. I think that's what stares us in the, in order to obey God, we're going to be confronted, in a sense, with the demons of our past. We're going to be confronted with the failures of the past. We're going to be confronted with the pain and the hurts of the past. And we need to value and know that God will not ask us to obey for something that is not eternally good for us. And so how do we get to that point? Um, Burns, if I can, bad enough, if I can use you again. Hold this chair for me like this. So how, how heavy is this chair? How heavy is One kilogram. Okay? How heavy will this chair become? <laughs> Over time, <laughs> this chair is increasing in heaviness for burns. Okay? What, what's the solution for burns? Put it down, Bernard. You can yelp them on the airship. And now, how heavy is the chair? Still one kilogram? But to Bernard, free. Is, there's no weight. Thanks, Ben. And uh, I would be interested to see how long Bernard would last. <laughs> You're a good candidate for Survivor, I think. But, and I think as we dwell and fixate on, these, on, the, on the negative fears, in the sense that the fears that hinder us from obeying God or that try to overshadow the fear of God, the, the longer you hold on to that fear, the longer you carry that fear, the longer you are one with that burden, the heavier it becomes. And it becomes paralyzing to the point where you cannot obey God. And the solution was easy, is to let go of that fear. In theory... <laughs> It's very easy, but when you are faced with a situation where you need to confront someone, where you need to ask for forgiveness, where you need to repent, to, where you need to ask, you know, ask someone or tell, you know, confront someone of their sin, I think the longer you dwell and fixate on that fear, the more difficult it's going to become for you to obey God. Do you have Joshua, Joshua 1 for me? And so we have this problem. We can't quantify the value of the fear of God. I can't give you, I can't give you the number. The, oh, and, and, and Job chapter 28 verse 1 to 22 is telling you how little you know. We as people know of the worth of, of wisdom and understanding and the fear of God. And then verse 23 tells us that God knows where it is. He is established. God knows everything about wisdom. God knows everything about understanding. And the only place that you and I are going to find it is in Him. And Joshua chapter 1. God says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not fear, do not be frightened, do not be paralyzed. By fear, 
and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And in this, um, there's a, Ruan gave me a book once of uh, Eugene Peterson. It's Eat This Book. And he describes, it's from Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 1 where, where God gives a scroll to um, Ezekiel. And he says, eat this, eat this scroll, eat this book. And this word meditate, um, it's a similar word. And, and it, it gives us this picture of mulling over. I think, and another, a, a physical picture that's attached to it is a dog um, eating a bone or, you know, licking at a bone, burying that bone, you know, so that he can, have, can eat it later, that he can mull over it, that he can, I mean, you can just imagine a dog with a bone. I'm not going to try and reenact it because of COVID and the mic, it won't work so well. But, or, uh, you know, and, and rum, ruminate. So how a cow, you know, have you seen how a cow just, it's almost like its jaw detaches that it just, you know, it ruminates over that um, grass that it's eating. And um, I made steak last night. The way that I ate that steak, you know, the way that I enjoyed it, the way that I, you know, I relished it. I, I, and this is the idea of meditating on the Word of God. Allowing it to shape your value system. Um, and I think that these are the keys. The two keys is how do you overwhelm the, these other fears? Is you have to have, which one is going to be the loudest in your head? Which one are you going to feed the most? Which one are you going to give the most power? Which one are you going to allow to have territory in your mind and in your heart? in your relationships, in the way that you live your life? Which one are you going to allow on the day when we stand before God? Which one, are you, which one will you have allowed to be the louder voice? And the only, way, the only antidote to that is by getting a louder voice, to overwhelming those fears with, some, with the fear of God, with the positive thing, by letting go of those fears. So that your arm is no longer paralyzed and it's available to do what God is doing. The only way we're going to get there is by, by mulling over the Word, by, by seeking God's will in the Word, by eating this book. And that's the one aspect. And let's read Psalms 27 verse 8. Where, where David says, Lord, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And this attitude inside of us, better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. You have said to me, Lord, seek my face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. It's the only place you are going to find the fear of God is where you as a person allow God to search you, allow Him to speak to you, allow Him to convict you, allow Him to shape and mold the way that you think, the way that you feel, what you believe and what you do. Psalm 51. Celise, do you have Psalm 51 for me? It says, creating me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You know, we, we come to God, create in me a clean heart, O God. And again, this is the difficult thing. I can't, I can't give you the amount of time you need to spend. I can't give you the amount of dedication you need to have. I can't give you the amount of intimacy you need to have with God. I can't measure it out for you. It's only between you and God that you can stand before Him, that you can wait on Him, that you can, you can tell Him, God, I'm suffering from the fear of man. It is getting the, in the way 
of me and you. It's hindering me from obeying you, God. You go search out in the Word what it says about how terrible it is to have the fear of man, to listen to people's um, opinions. And then you go read in the Word of God how great it is to hear His voice and to obey Him and the rewards that are attached to loving God and doing what He says and to loving people in the way that He says. And you weigh up those two and you put those two um, beside you in your mind and in your heart and you say, this is where I don't want to be and this is where I want to be. And you almost, you are chased away by the fear of not obeying God. You're chased away from these terrible things and you're chased into the arms of obeying Him and living a life that is pleasing to Him. And this is only going to take place. You're the only one that's going to stand before God for it. I'm the only one for my life that's going to stand in front of God for how I wrestled with this tension, for how I, I trusted God to move forward in this space. And I know it's not easy. Um, I know that it's so difficult to, to have all the voices in front of you, all the tangible voices, even an intangible voice in a sense, a, an intangible voice of your past trying to direct what you do, that fear trying to determine your action, um, and this is where we need to wrestle together with one another, trusting God to overcome these things. And so, I, in a sense, I cannot do it for you. you know? Kasi cannot do it for you. But we can take responsibility for our lives. And as you seek God, you can bring someone along. We can do it together. We have agreed in this space that we are a community of God that is single-mindedly aimed at one purpose, and that's to, to please God and to obey Him. And there's a sense of we are doing this together. And uh, perhaps you have failed at achieving this goal. Perhaps you do not even know what the goal is or where you should be going. Perhaps you've made it a habitual practice of you know what the right thing is to do, but still yet you fail to do it. And perhaps you've lost all hope that you will never be able to fully obey God. You will never be able to please God in this area. And this morning, I want to I pray with you guys. We, we want to pray together. And we want to find, if you feel like you're in that space, you want to find mercy, a holy and loving God that is willing to forgive you as you repent and turn to Him. And as you repent and you say, God, I failed in this area. I've made a habitual practice of failing in this area. God, come and set me free. You can do it, Lord. And we can trust God together. So I'm going to pray for us. Gussie. There's a word um, in the Bible that is used um, to know to know someone. Um, in English, that can have to do with knowledge, what you know about someone, but can also have to do with intimacy. Knowing, like I know my wife, and that obviously extends to um, sexual intimacy as well. But the meaning is to know to. To be intimate in a moment to know someone. The closest relationship, a husband and a wife, you can, you can know one another. And this word is used of, of, of praise in the Bible and how we worship God. And, and in this moment, if you can see it as almost as, you know, you've, you've set aside time, You've, uh, 
You've been invited by God to a table, and it's just you and Him. And the worst thing you could possibly do in that moment is be on your phone, be oblivious, um, uninterested, you know, distance from the conversation. Um, nobody can, can grow in intimacy like that. Um, you know, if I, yeah. So that's the, I just want to frame that. This is the type of, of meeting that you're having with God this morning. Is you, you're sitting one-on-one. You're allowing Him to minister to your heart. And I want to ask you, I want to ask God, as we sit with you this morning, Lord, as we humbly come before you, Lord, knowing that you are loving, merciful, gracious God, Lord, that you, you know our flaws, Lord God. You knew before we came to the table, Lord, you knew what it is, and you know what it is that is hindering us, Lord, from living a life of fully obeying and loving you, Lord. And yet, God, you are so gracious and merciful to forgive us, Lord. Lord, and we want to say together, Lord God, that we want to move forward with you, Lord God. We want to, we want to stay, take a step away from um, all other fears. All other fears that are, are not the fear of God. We want to walk away from it, Lord God, and we want to walk towards you, Lord. We want to walk to, Lord, towards fearing you, God. We want to be in a place that even though it may cause us lack or rejection, Lord God, that we still want to be in the place of obeying you, Lord. Lord, and if there's anyone here, Lord God, who has failed once, Lord God, God, I pray that, yeah, Lord, I pray that you would forgive them, Lord. Lord, I pray that they would in their hearts Repent towards you, Lord God, and that they would experience the washing of your blood, Lord God, the cleansing of their sin in this place, Lord God. Lord, I pray that they will hear your voice saying that you are clean, you are forgiven. I've removed your transgression from you. My son Jesus stands in your place. He took the price that you deserved. He took the punishment that you deserved. God, you can freely forgive us, Lord. Lord, and I pray for for us, Lord. Lord, for us who've made a habitual practice, Lord God, of the fear of man, Lord God, the fear of rejection. Lord, making it a habitual practice, Lord God, to the point where it's shaped and molded the way that we live our lives, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you'd come in, Lord God, and show us, Lord, where we are falling short, Lord God. Show us, Lord, where we are giving in to the fear of man, Lord. That we cannot open up our homes, Lord God. That we cannot open up our hearts to others, Lord God, because we, we, are, we are scared of what they think, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd come rush in, Lord God, and come and forgive us of that sin, Lord. Lord, come and eliminate, Lord, practices, of not obeying you, Lord, of practices of hearing other voices louder than yours. Lord, and I pray for those, Lord God, who have lost all hope, Lord God, who feel that there is no way that they can get victory in this area, Lord God. Lord, I pray for them, Lord God, that they would see your face, Lord God, that they would, that they would seek your face, Lord God, and that they will find you, Lord God, that they would see you in front of them, that they would mull over the word, Lord God, that they would eat this book, Lord God, and that they would find your conviction, Lord God, that they would find the resurrection of hope in their lives, Lord, that they can overcome, Lord God, and that they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, Lord God, and the word of their testimony, Lord God. They will overcome, God. Lord, and I pray that you breathe in new hope into each and every one of us, Lord.
come. Let's just stand together. Let's sing one song. Let's continue to minister to him. like they've heard God, and she's going to step out in faith, um, so let's step out. Um, I just felt that um, God is the healer and the great physician, and if there's somebody with tension, headaches, um, I believe that God wants to set you free from that, so after the service, you can come to the front. Thank you very much, Sean, and uh, thanks everyone, and uh, I, wanna, I just want to wish you such a blessed time. I think we're only going to see you guys n- next year, and uh, yeah, thank you, for, 
Thank you for light, um, bringing it out. I'm just reminded by that scripture. We all know Jeremiah 21, 11, you know, about God's plans for us. But one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, which says, um, you, will, you will search for me and you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. And I think that's the thing, to search for the one. The fear of God is almost a fear of not being with God. And I think that's the, may we have that fear of God, that, that uh, Emmanuel, the one who's, Emmanuel, over Christmas time, God with us, that we will not be forsaken by God. And, uh, and, and I know one of the things is that we might search, search for Him in this time, in this season. So have a great time with the family. Have a, a break. The guys are getting away. Rest well, but search for God. It's a, it's a time where all the other voices are a bit quieter. Let's use that time to search for God with all of our hearts. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys.